Well, hello, everybody, and thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of The Good Question. I'm your host, Daniel Welch, and today's show, we are, uh, the title's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, we're going to address it. We're gonna, it's the elephant in the uh, in the room, the elephant in the, in the year, rather, uh, the year the world stood still. So we're going to kind of talk it over a little bit and um, go from there. So sit back, relax, and enjoy, folks, because this is The Good Question. All right, so I feel like I have a pretty relatable um, story to kind of start the day off here. Uh, I haven't eaten breakfast yet. I've gotten kind of on this new routine because I have to with my anxiety meds. I need to eat them. Uh, eat them. I need to eat the meds. Uh, I need to take my meds at very specific points of the day. There's twice a day, so I try and do it breakfast and dinner. But um, the way I'm like structuring getting up in the morning, I'm trying to change my routine up with slightly different things. Um means that I usually don't eat breakfast until like nine o'clock and then I try to eat dinner closer to like six, six thirty ish, seven, somewhere right in there. So that's where I tried to uh, time it all out. So anyway, I get up at like seven, I go to bed at 11. And so that gives me a perfect eight hours. If I go to bed a little earlier than 11, great. That gives me a little extra time to maybe make up for some lost time of tossing and turning through the night. Anyway, that's not the story. That's just setting up the story. So anyway, I'm up early. I'm, I, you know, I shower in the morning now versus at night. It's supposed to help you get going. And you know, I've been doing it the past three days, and it is working. So that's why I'm up so early. It's eight, about eight ten my time, uh, where I'm at eight ten a.m. in Florida. Uh, so it, the story is that because I'm up so early, I get a lot of stuff done before I even really have breakfast at like nine. So. Um, no, I just I before I hit the record button, I was taking that sip of water and you guys know what I'm about to explain as best I can. And um, <clears throat> hopefully you can relate to it as much as I do. Um, you know, that first sip of water you take for the day. And I'm not just talking like lukewarm water like I have to have cold water. I'm sorry. I, I have to have the cold water. It's that beautiful sensation of just hydrating yourself first thing in the morning. So anyway, I have my thermos here and I, I fill it up all the way to the top with ice and I put water in there and all this. It helps regulate for, I don't know, maybe it's just me. Anyway, that first sip where you feel the cold water running down your throat and in your body, you know what I'm talking about? Like your body's like, oh, water. Is the best thing ever. You guys know how – maybe it's just me, but I don't feel like it is. I take that first sip of water and you just – you keep drinking. It's not just a sip either. Like you keep drinking. So you just keep feeling that fresh water, cold fresh water running down your throat. And then like you can just feel it hitting your body. You can feel it hitting your stomach. You can feel it just energize your body. So uh, that was just before I hit record and I was like, you know what? I, I'm just going to go ahead and say it because let's be real. Let's – a really awesome feeling to feel hydrated and refreshed for the day. So, um, yeah, so that's my story, uh, getting up early showering and then having that first sip of water, um, and come to find out, you know, I, I was reading <clears throat> an article. I promise you we're going to get right into the episode. Uh, the episode is not all about this, but I was reading an article, um, about three days ago, I think it was like two or three days ago. And it was talking about how you should change certain aspects of your morning because it will help you stay a little bit more focused, a little bit more energized through your day. And, um, you know, one of them was when your alarm goes off in the morning, don't reach for your phone because you'll end up probably staying in bed on your phone for another 30 minutes. And what that ends up doing is that sets a precedent for the rest of your day of you're going to be tired because you're already tired by the time you get out of bed. 
you're going to be like, oh, after like that 30 minutes on the phone. So I've made it a rule the past couple days to what my alarm is my phone. So my alarm goes off. I hit dismiss and I leave the phone on the charger. I don't even pick it up. I leave the phone on the charger and then I get out of bed. I open my blinds to my room, start letting that sunlight in. And then I make my way to the bathroom and start, you know, brush teeth and, and, and shower and start really getting going for the day. So I've started my day without jumping on my phone to look at like aspects of social media and all that kind of stuff. It's just that way. And then when I'm done with the shower, I come in, I get my morning routine going, and then I get my water. I start getting things ready. I go out and I water the plants uh, that we have on our balcony. Um, you know, I start getting the day, I start opening the blinds in the living room, start letting that Florida sunlight in. And changing some aspects up a little bit has helped a lot. And then after I get all that stuff done, while I'm waiting to kind of reach that nine o'clock hour, like this morning, I'm now doing the podcast. So I, I've done a little bit of social media work, just kind of glancing at some things um, to see what August has in store for us, maybe even September as we get halfway through August. Who knows with 2020? And, um, you know, I've noticed a big difference for me in just the past couple of days. That has helped me a lot. So, um, that's what I'm saying. They say showering in the morning is better than showering at night because it gets your body going. Your body's usually cooler in the morning, so a nice warm shower gets the body warmed up and gets you going for the day. Not that that needs to be sold for the state of Florida, but uh, or any other hot state for those of you who are in Texas. I know it's hot there as well, um, but you know it gets you going. It really does. It actually it actually works. And then they talk about drinking water in the morning is super good for your body because. You've just gone, in essence, eight hours without drinking any water. So through the night while you're sleeping, you wake up with that dry mouth in the morning. Those eight hours, your body has been hydrating with the water you drank from the day before to try and keep you, you know, keep you refreshed through the night. So, yeah, you're really thirsty when you wake up. So that's why your mouth is so dry. That's why you're so thirsty. It's not because it's cold in the house. It's because your body's been for eight hours hydrating itself. So taking that first sip of water in the morning, is like, ah, you know, it's really good. So it, it's a really cool little list of things that you can do to change up your morning routine. And I've been trying to do that, especially to help really combat this anxiety. And uh, so far, it kind of seems to be working. I'm still not sleeping all that well at night, but it may be the meds I'm on. Uh, there's there's a lot of factors there. And there's plenty in the world to be anxious about. So um you know, I promise we're not going to reflect a whole lot on anxiety. Anyway, six minutes in, that's probably the longest morning story. And that's the longest I've ever gone into an episode without doing my question. So let's go ahead and jump into the question real quick for today. Two days ago, I had asked, you know, how many stamps are in your passport? You guys remember that? And it spurred the conversation of travel. And so the episode kind of became ranting and traveling and all that kind of stuff. Today, the question is, what is your favorite thing to do on a Saturday morning? What is your favorite thing to do on a Saturday morning? Well, I can give you a pre-COVID and I can give you a post-COVID. Uh, you know, it, it, honestly, pre-COVID, I was probably working Saturday morning. So um, to say, what's my favorite thing to do? My favorite thing to do would have been, as a kid, wake up, watch cartoons because I didn't have to go to school, you know, and... Uh, really have no responsibilities because when you're a kid, you just don't have responsibilities. You just are whimsically happy with whatever's happening around you. Um, Pre-COVID uh, world as an adult, 
Saturday mornings for me was just working, you know, and that's just the truth of it. I usually was working, uh, maybe have an afternoon shift, maybe have an evening shift here and there, but like Saturdays were work days. So I just got used to being up and, and, and out the door, you know what I mean? So there wasn't really time for, Oh, well, maybe I'll get up and watch a cartoon or something. You know what I mean? My shifts were usually like 6 a.m. shifts. So you were up early and you were out the door early. Um, And that's just the way it was. Uh, Post-COVID, since we've had the shutdown, I've been on furlough. Well, I haven't been on furlough for five months. I've been out of work for five months, furlough for four months. And um, um, I lost my train of thought, but that's normal, apparently, with anxiety because your mind races. Uh, And then my, my meds do that to me as well. So if I lose my train of thought at any point throughout this podcast, I do apologize. I will find my way back because I try to. Um, during this whole thing, Saturday mornings for me has been um, waking up, getting ready for the day, eating breakfast, maybe watching uh, for the longest time, for like the first half of this quarantine, maybe even a little beyond the half of the quarantine. Um, it was watching Monk on Amazon Prime. That was kind of my morning routine, was just kind of getting up, watching an episode of Monk, maybe two if I was feeling ambitious. And then um, I was trying to learn a new language for a while, and I haven't really done any work with it since. So my new language learning, uh, Latin, was what I was trying to learn. So I, I dedicated about an hour a day to do that. So that was kind of my my morning routine on Saturday. Since I have moved, Saturday mornings have been just survival. They've just been survival. I have been trying to just make it through. Uh, sometimes we went to a theme park when they first reopened, we went to universal, uh, on a Saturday. Cause we said, we told ourselves, but let's go on a Saturday and see what the busy day looks like. So that way, when we go during the week and it's slower, we're like, okay, cool. Let's go during the week more often. You know what I mean? That was kind of the logic behind it. So that's, we changed up our routine a little bit on a Saturday, but for the most part, a Saturday is, um, just, you know, wake it up and, doing whatever we want to do for the day. So there's really no agenda. We just got to do whatever we want to do. So there's that. Which now leads me kind of into, um, you know, the last like 20 minutes of the episode where I I called the episode today the, the year the world stood still. And the reason I did that was because, you know, let's be real for a second here. I was originally going to tailor this episode because I had seen the question early on. And I was like, you know, this, this does warrant itself to talk a little bit about um, – social issues so and then last night and i posted this on my facebook page last night i was um i came across this art well I, i'm not even gonna call it an article it was more just like a a quick read rather it doesn't take very long it's a link that i put on my facebook page and it is called give me just a second here it is called the missing year right um and you know it really struck home it really struck home for, uh, I think, not just me, but a lot of people. Guys, this is the year the world stood still. You know, um, a lot of people were commenting on my questions that I, I give you every day. And, and for those of you who don't know, like it does come from a book. The book is called uh, Q&A a Day, a five-year journal. Um, this book was not written this year to start on 2020. It just happened to be when I got the book. The book was actually written in 2011. So these questions were, you know, they're meant to create a, a, they're meant to stir creative conversation. And um, you check up every year. It's, it's the same question every day for five years, right? So um, in five years time, 
I'm going to be asking myself, what's my routine on Saturday morning? And that could be different. That could be totally different in 2025. You know what I mean? So every year for the next five years on this exact day, I'll be asking myself, what is my, uh, you know, I've already forgotten the question. Uh, what is my favorite thing to do on a Saturday morning? So, you know, will it change up? I hope so. Um, but you know, who knows who really knows what's going to happen. So there was no way to really talk to like the writers and you know, they wrote this in 2011. It was what nine years ago. Like the world was a very different place then, you know, it really was. It was a very different place. There were lots of different things that were going on at that time. So there was no real way to predict that 2020 specifically, we were going to be globally I mean, globally ravaged by a virus, you know, and say what you will about the virus. You know, some people are like, well, it originated in China. China's it's China's fault. They created it. Or it was just nature's way of, you know, natural selection. And, and I, I don't say that to be mean. I really don't. I have a great amount of respect for everyone who has lost their lives to this. This is a this is a tragedy. It truly is. So there's always going to be that ongoing debate. Was it man-made or was it nature-made? You know what I mean? And so I think that it doesn't matter at this point. You know, that argument that argument is has sailed. It is long since gone. What are we going to do now that it's here? You know what I mean? Because we're in the middle of it. I don't believe we're coming out of it. I think we're still in the middle of it. It's going to be with us for a very, very, very long time. We are system... We're watching... Transport, uh, transportation, we're watching, well, transportation does is included. We're watching travel drop dramatically. We're watching other countries say, hey, stay away. Like, we're finally getting things under control here. We don't need you guys reinfecting our, our population. So we're watching barriers go up, you know, whereas before we were fairly free to travel as we wanted to, fairly. There, you know, there, there's a few areas that you know, we were advised not to for uh, war zones and things like that. But for the most part, we were fairly free to travel and choose for ourselves. You know, if we wanted to go to UK for the weekend, as long as we, you know, as long as you had your passport and as long as you had everything in order, let's go to the UK. You know what I mean? You wanted to go to Canada, go to Canada. You want to go down to Mexico, go to Mexico. You know what I mean? Like you were free to travel. Even amongst the states here in the U.S., we were free to kind of travel as we will. Now, we're looking at travel restrictions just within the states. They're like, ah, no, 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 no. Our state's just coming off of this COVID thing. We want to keep it under control. If you come to our state, you're going to quarantine for 14 days before you do anything. And that's fair. I, I, I'll say it, it's fair. There are lots of states here in, in the United States that are doing their part to solve this problem. And then there are other states that are not. We're being irresponsible. We're not doing things properly. And then there are things that are happening in the irresponsible states that are very responsible, i.e. Disney, Universal. They're being very responsible about how they are opening up. They are. To this day so far, there has been no recorded cases linked to Disney parks or Universal or SeaWorld or anything like that. And that is because of the strict rules that are put into place. The reservation systems uh, for Disney that are put into place, they're capping that attendance, guys. Now, we're also watching 
people are just scared. So we're watching, you know, reservations. Bob Chapek, the CEO of Disney, has stated before on, like, I think it was last week's earning call, where he was just like, yes, people are still canceling. And, and, and they are. And I don't expect it to be any other way. Yes, cancel. Like, if you're not feeling safe to travel right now, if you don't feel like it's a safe time to come to Disney, that's okay. It's okay. It's not a bad thing to cancel. And Disney is working with every one of its guests. So cancel and let's try it again. You know what I mean? My sister had to cancel. My sister had a trip in, um, oh gosh, was it April or May? It was May. She had, a, I'm sorry, I forgot. And that's how that's that's how long this year has been. Uh, she had a trip to come down here to Disney in May. She hasn't been here in a couple of years. You know, she had her kid and, and she has not been able to really travel or anything like that. So anyway, this was a very big deal. You know, she booked in like January, I think. She called me up. We booked it. It was fun. We were going to stay at the Animal Kingdom Lodge. Uh, she's never stayed there before, so she really wanted to try it out. She's going to be here for a few days. We were going to go to the Cirque du Soleil show, the new show that was coming out in Disney Springs. Uh, you know, we were going to go to Animal Kingdom Park, maybe Epcot, maybe Magic Kingdom. Um, so we had a whole layout there. It was like four or five days. You know, it was a nice little, nice little trip in and out. And naturally, everything has happened and has then canceled. Right now we look at what the parks and everything look like now, and it, it's not the same, you know, it's a different feel. It's good to have them open, but you can tell like Disney is going above and beyond to make sure that we're being safe. So when we talk about the year that the world stood still the year, this, you know, we're in it. Now there are some out there who would say, oh, well, you know, I've predicted this for many, many years. This, this was bound to happen. This was going to happen eventually. And now look at people, they're crippled. They don't know what to do. And then there are those that, could, that were, that are the vice argument of that device, the vice versa argument of that, that say, there's no way we could have planned for this. There's no way we could have even remotely thought about this year being that way. We've watched graduations happen in, in, in lineups. They, they drive their cars by with masks on to have their administrators early this year when this was happening, hand their diplomas through like car windows. Um, you know, we've watched that happen. That's a new style of graduation, you know, drive through graduation, essentially that changes a person. You know, I remember my graduation in 2006. It's a, it's a joyful moment. It really is. It's a joyful moment to be graduating from high school, even college. And so I get it when you have that moment taken away from you and it turns into, I have to drive by to get my diploma. It's a sad thing. Now, I, you know, we look at the travel side of things and we, you know, we've been kind of back and forth on, you know, travel restrictions. I have a lot of friends who love to travel, guys. Before all of this, oh, man, they were everywhere. They were all over the place. They were. They traveled everywhere. I had people who traveled the globe. You know, they, they'd seen a lot. And then this year happened and they're losing their minds because this is the longest amount of time that they've been without really traveling so now that their their travel is statewide you know and i've been noticing a lot of people who are traveling within the states as responsibly as they can but they're traveling to see loved ones they're traveling to see people like we're just trying to adjust to the normalcy that is becoming more normal day by day now you cripple or you cripple you couple all of that on top of how people felt when this first started it's not surprising we're watching an increase in psychological behavior in people. If you would have told me that I was going to have an anxiety disorder 
at 32 years old, I, I probably would have told you you're crazy because I, I take care of myself enough to know that I wouldn't. And now here we are. Fast forward. Now, since I should, pref- I should, you know, put in a little addendum there. I have since learned that my anxiety is also chronic within my family. So it's a genetics thing as well. And it doesn't always hit at the same time. Some people in my family get the anxiety early on in their life. Some of them don't get it until later. Um, I'm just, you know, I this pandemic really just kicked me in the groin and really amped up the anxiety to a T. I'm lucky I made it as far into the pandemic as I did. I didn't, this didn't start happening until late June. So, yeah. So when you think about it like that, I kind of got lucky lasting as long as I have. But I know there are a lot of other people out there that are suffering many, 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 many different things during this pandemic. So I have to really think about that. I'm watching uh, some of my entertainment friends that are just crushed. They are absolutely crushed. They're watching this industry, the entertainment industry, Broadway, all these wonderful things, even movies. We are watching them crumble at the base. Broadway is canceling shows. Um, there's, you know, it's really, really sad. Cirque du Soleil is, you know, filing for bankruptcy. They're having to let people go. Um, Cirque makes some really awesome shows, guys. And so when you look at it from that perspective and you see that happening, you're kind of like, what is going to happen when we uh, do come back? You know, what's going to happen when we can start to reopen uh, venues that require, or not really require, but no, actually, I'm going to say it, that require an audience, you know? I saw somebody post something interesting, and um, I had to comment on it. The UK had their first concert uh, since this has happened. It's an outdoor concert, and somebody took a picture of it. And they said it's very, very odd uh, because, you know, tickets you had to buy. You had to buy a space, a plot of um, the grass to sit. And they had cages built. They were like those little uh, uh, steel barriers that you basically use as um, line control, crowd control, and things like that. So they had built three-way cages. So there was a way you could enter the cage and then you sit. There was no standing. It was sitting. Right. Um, so it wasn't a box. It was more like it, it was it was three walls so that you could enter, sit in your cube. And that's how you watch. So everybody was six feet. All the parties were six feet apart at this concert venue. And they just said it felt kind of weird. But at the same time, it was also nice because everybody was sitting. So it was like everybody had a pretty decent view of the stage. And like it, it, so it, there were mixed reviews on it. I saw the picture and I was like, wow. You know, and that's that's how it's going to be for a little bit. I, I hate to say it, but I feel like that's how it's going to be for a little bit. We're going to see, um, hopefully, you know, when concert venues start coming back up. But see, here's the thing. Minor rant here before we go back into the topic. Here's the thing. You know why the UK and internationally they get away with that? Because the people in the UK and internationally care about their population. They do. They genuinely do. You try doing that here in the U.S., and it's going to be a mob scene. There's people are going to be so mad. There's people that are going to flood in. They're going to be like, we don't need social distance because it's imposing my freedom. You know why? Because people in the U.S. don't care about other people. 
They only care about themselves. I, I came across another article that just confirms this even more. And I think I put it on my Facebook page. I can't remember. I think I put it. I'm scrolling through my Facebook real quick. So I want to see if I put it. I cannot remember if I did. I'm singing because I'm, I'm, I'm scrolling and looking. There it is. Okay. Yes, I did. Four days ago, I put a little screenshot on here. And it said, should shops introduce a mask-free shopping hour? And it said, the suggestion was put forward by Ann Whitcomb uh, would mean that everyone who doesn't want to wear a mask can shop at the same time. It might be easier for shops to police, but is it a good idea? And then somebody commented on that and said, a lot of people don't see retail staff as people, and it shows. Boom. That's America. That, that right there is America during this pandemic. Just reword a few things there. So let's just, you know, should we allow people to just do mask free anywhere they want at any given time and just go that route? Um, it's a suggestion. So that way, those who don't want to feel like their rights are being infringed upon, they should just do that. I'm making this up as I go along, by the way. Uh, you know, so that way, those who have to work during those time frames have to be exposed to people who don't want to be. And that's my point. Some people don't see people as people and therein lies our problem and that's why the world will continue to stand still things are going to keep getting canceled things are going to keep getting pushed back things are going to keep getting delayed i swear here's the deal and i know that i'm i'm, I'm part of the silent group uh, or not maybe not silent i do like halloween okay i do but it is not my favorite holiday it just isn't I like decorating for fall, right? I'm not into the blood, guts, gore, scare myself for the sake of scaring myself for Halloween. <clears throat> so for me, when I saw that Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios was canceled this year, it didn't affect me all that much, but I did feel for those of my friends who really like going. That's a yearly event for them. And now they can't go because of this. And it's because people aren't being responsible all you have to do is be responsible we're not asking you to give up anything put your mask on do what you should do so we can get through this i said it on the last show and i'm going to say it again i'll probably say it as many times as it needs to be said i feel like we are in a kindergarten class and we keep getting punished because it's recess time but we keep getting time taken off the recess because there's one kid in the class who just won't shut up and just keeps going, going, going. The teacher's like, all right, fine. Another five minutes off your recess. And it affects everybody because that one kid doesn't know how to shut up and be quiet. That's exactly what's happening here. We just keep getting things taken away from us this year because there's that there's a, there's a group of people out there who just are like, we are going to rebel against this. We are resisting the oppression of the government. And it's like, no, no, no. This is medical professionals. This is every medical professional out there. Maybe a few that aren't saying that. There are a few that say masks are not helpful at all. But so, like, just be responsible, guys. And if you don't want to be responsible, then don't go outside. You know what I mean? Like for me, I've been quarantining for self-quarantining for a couple of weeks. We're getting close to the end of the two weeks since I had my hospital visit. And yeah, it sucks. But I'm doing it because I don't want to get anybody – I don't want to risk compromising my immune system, but I don't want to risk compromising the immune system of everybody else. It's just that simple. 
right? Be responsible. It just makes me angry. I, 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 I can't even with people when they do this. I'm going to be so hungry. So like in a couple minutes after I post this episode, I'm going to be finally able to eat breakfast. It's going to be the most amazing thing in the world. <clears throat> so traveling, traveling and the, the year the world stood still. 2020 has hit everybody really, really hard. 2020 has been a year full of sadness, grief, um, anxiety, as it were. Um, and, and it's not done yet, guys. But, uh, you know, uh, I'm sorry. Now I'm remembering my last thought. We've got a couple minutes left before the episode will boot at me out and feel like, that's it. You're capped off. Um, Christmas. Don't you dare take Christmas from me. We going to fight. You already took Halloween. You took Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party away. You've taken away a lot of the Halloween venues. I'm just hoping that the parks still decorate for fall. At least help us along here, decorate for fall, um, and give us that sense. You know what I mean? Don't take away Christmas. I don't care what you have to do. Even if the parties are like 20% capacity, please don't take away Christmas. And for that reason, right there, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish off this episode. For that reason right there, unpopular and kind of a little out of left field, but it kind of ties in. That's exactly why I'm going to pay to watch Mulan on Disney+. Plus. Here's why, real quick. The reason this ties into all of this is because, yes, Disney is losing money. If I can help it, I will. That will help it. So yeah, I'm gonna pay the thirty dollars. I'm gonna watch Disney. I'm gonna watch Mulan because I know that that film took a lot of work to put together. It was not an easy decision to put onto Disney Plus. It's not. But because we can't open theaters, Disney. I mean, they need to make their money back on the movie. I get it. But we also, you want things to happen in the parks. You want things to continue to happen. You got to be willing to spend the money. So that's why I do shop Disney a lot. I do shop on Shop Disney. And I will be paying $30 to watch Mulan. I'm doing my part to be responsible in this year where the world stood still. Think about that for a moment. Think about it. And if you want my password for Disney Plus, I can't really give it to you. I've already got other people using it. <laughs> so so there's that. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. So my $30 will go well with my roommate and I. So Mulan is happening to help stimulate the year the world stood still. All right, folks. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of The Good Question. If you like what you are hearing, make sure you hit that subscribe button on the way out. Now we get all those updates. I usually try to post two times a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays, unless I'm feeling uh, really creative for the week. And then I'll try and post uh, another episode on a random day. But you'll usually get those updates on Facebook as well on my, uh, my personal Facebook page, too. If you ever want to be a guest on the show, all you got to do is just reach out and uh, let's talk it out and see when we can get you on. When would be a good time to uh, sit down and, and talk about the good question for the day. And, uh, of course, the conversation will try to steer towards uh, what the question is. But, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for listening, guys. I really do appreciate your listenership. And I will see you again on, I believe, what is it, the 18th next Tuesday. So have a good weekend.